Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go. Now, here's Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. A lot of your questions on today's show, plus some breakouts. The Patriots have a new tight end. I don't know why I'm leading with that. Who is the best Bears running back in PPR, and are we too low on Calvin Ridley? Welcome. It is Wednesday, July 24th. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings. Gentlemen, say hello and give everybody your Twitter handle, if you wouldn't mind. Hello. I'm at Dave Richard. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You are. I'm at Heath Cummings, SR. Uh, I'm at Captain Andrew Luck. <laughs> You have so many followers, Jamie. Good for you. He, Jamie, you. Jamie is at Jamie Eisenberg, J-A-M-E-Y. How you guys feeling today? How's the video show going? Awesome. Fantastic. The host is terrible, but everything else is great. <laughs> Jamie's hosting, right? Yeah. Every Thanks day. for watching. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I've, been re- I've, been, I've been busy. I've been crunching numbers. I've been researching. Yeah, why would you do research for a show that gives you all the information you need no, it's about not, the stuff you talk about? Not all the information I need. Or just, you know, more than you need. Oh, well, for you. example, do, do you know... Yeah, good, no, good team player. Yep. Do you know Thanks. the 16-game nope, nope, yep, comparison mm-hmm. between Saquon Barkley's 16 games and Alvin Kamara's 16-game pace in the 11 games he played with Mark Ingram? Do you Did yeah. you give that on the show today? Yeah, well, it's not even close. No, like, we talk about more interesting things, but thank you. Barkley's like 350 more yards. That's Kamara's 16-game pace, not just looking at the Ingram games. But we're going to get into that. Okay, so I want to talk about that. Who should be the number one pick in fantasy and PPR leagues? Because I made the number one pick in a draft we did earlier this week, and I already regret it. And then we'll get to breakouts. So, yes, this segment is called... I've made a huge mistake. Thank you, Jope. I took uh, Alvin Kamara over... Saquon Barkley and I liked it and then I thought about it more and I hated it so I am officially in PPR leagues officially saying Saquon Barkley is my number one pick how do you guys feel about that I need to be convinced but I think I'm the only one on here that needs to be convinced because no uh, you're not I believe everybody else has Saquon ahead of a to the k I've got him I've got him number one I think he's gonna have a, a stellar year Camara. No, but Heath, Heath might have Barkley ahead of Kamara, but he actually has Zeke number one, right? I go back and forth. Okay. Jamie? I refuse to speak to you. Oh, come on, Andrew Luck. <laughs> no, Jamie, you have Barkley one, right? Yes. Um, I think he's the most talented, and I think despite uh, some of the flaws with the Giants as a team, he will still be successful as he showed us last year. Yeah, so my main reason for having Kamara ahead earlier was just the offense. And last year, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, the only running backs, they basically tied to finish number one in PPR in an offense that ranked lower than seventh in scoring since 2012. Adrian Peterson did that in 2012. you got to be on a good offense to be the number one running back. That's pretty much a guarantee, but it wasn't the case last year. Um, what swayed it for me was really looking at the 16-game paces and just... If you look at Kamara's production in 11 games with Mark Ingram and you give him 16 games based on that production, then he would have had two more touchdowns than Barkley, but 84 fewer touches and 601 fewer total yards. So, Dave, did I convince you with that? No. <laughs> because like a lot of Kamara's numbers are based on those first four games of the season. 
you know, not not a lot. Like he was great. He was great with with Ingram, but without Ingram, he was unbelievable. But remember, they had Mike Gillisley, and they had Dwayne Washington, and they had one other scrub, and those guys were terrible, complete non-factors. So if you figure Latavius Murray is going to be a factor, then I think it's for me, it's it's uh it's a clear call, Barkley over Kamara. Well, I like how you're you're picking and choosing the games to extrapolate Kamara stats, but you're not doing it with Saquon. I believe Saquon played four games without Odell Beckham last year. Yes. Did you extrapolate those over 16 games? No. Oh, wait. If you didn't, I got it right here. <laughs> His 16-game pace, and this is still nothing to sneeze at, 1,412 rush yards, 476 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns. So I believe he's still got Kamara in yardage, but Kamara's got him by a lot with touchdowns. Yeah, that's true. That was five more touchdowns, and that's if that's the case. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's 16 game pace for his career is <laughs> 2,100 <laughs> yards and 13 touchdowns. You don't have to extrapolate anything at all. Yeah, we've talked though about maybe the catches going down. What do you think? Yeah, that's that's po- I think that's possible. I've I've gone back and forth. Ben. But the touchdown should go up. Oh, the touchdowns should, should definitely go up. Right. That but, was lo- right. It was unlucky. They should. Yeah, it could be Zeke. Zeke would be number one for me in non PPR. But does anybody have anybody? Does anybody on this show have a running back other than Zeke, number one in non PPR? No. I think we all agree on that. Okay. What about? I mean, look, all, all four of those guys are, are including um, Christian McCaffrey, you have the chance to be just. Amazing, assuming they all stay healthy. It's just a matter of, I think, who you like the best. Are you aware of Ezekiel's 16-game pace with uh, Amari Cooper? Uh, well, I mean, just to yes. further muddle with this thing. Extrapolation. Yes, right. I am. Yes. Okay. That, what's, what's, can you um, spend some time, uh, while you're not watching our show, on Christian McCaffrey's 16-game pace with Greg Olson? <laughs> no, but you know what? You know what eliminated McCaffrey from the discussion for me was that Awesome email from Cooper Doug that we had a couple of weeks ago where he really illustrated how different McCaffrey's stats were after Cam Newton took that big hit from T.J. Watt, and it I, I buy into it. I buy into that. I'm pretty so, sure his name's just Doug. Yeah, but we call, but I called him Cooper, then I said, who the hell is Cooper? And then we called him Cooper Doug, and that's what he is now. He's Cooper Doug. By the way, he posted his research in the Facebook group, Fantasy Football I Today. I think his name was actually Cooper. You, I knew it. It was Cooper. <laughs> that's why we just stick with Cooper Doug. Heath, we just stick with Cooper Doug. Uh, all right, three fun questions. Everybody can think about who they want, number one overall. But three fun questions, guys. How do you define a breakout? A player who is going to do something that he has never done before and also has upside... Um, above where he's being taken, league winning upside. Okay, that's that works. Yeah, for me. I, I, I was just going to say a, a player who I think is going to have a career best year. So half of what Heath said. But isn't that also a sleeper or no? No, I think a sleeper doesn't have to be somebody that has a career best year. Sure. sure. Sleeper, I think, applies to value on draft day. LaShawn McCoy could be a sleeper. Right. Yep. I was just, that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, uh, which is the one breakout you are drafting? Kenyon Drake. Drake out. Kenyon Drake out. Yeah, <laughs> I beat you to it. Uh, Dave, Jamie, breakout you're drafting? Godwin. Damian Williams. Anybody want to expand? Jamie, Godwin? 
I just think, you know, third-year receiver, Bruce Arians' influence, uh, you know, trending in the right direction of what guys do entering their third season. A lot of targets available without Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson. Um, just think it's a chance for him to finally live up to the expectations that we've had from basically for tears. Cool. Who is the industry breakout that you are avoiding? I'm nervous about DJ Moore. I know people are calling for him to have this huge year, but he finished with numbers similar to Curtis Samuel last year. And I think there's this, I think there's Isn't a spread this, the ball around approach in Carolina. The similarity was more because Samuel outscored him in terms of touchdowns, right? By two. But Moore had more targets, yards, and catches, right? Not by very much, I don't believe. Could be around or less than 100 yards. And I think the targets were almost on par. Okay, I, I, I think it... I think it might have been more well. Look it up. Let's figure it out. But uh, you know, late in the season, we really saw Curtis Samuel come on strong. Uh, do you not do you not agree with Dave's take, Heath Cummings? He had about three hundred more yards, or about seventy-five percent more yards in the last seven games. No, for the season. Well, I'm thinking about the last seven right. games. Right. Yeah, right. That's who those without. He may he may have had a hundred more in the last seven games, which would be. DJ Moore had 471 and Samuel had 370. Targets, they were off by two. Catches, Moore had five more. Moore, Moore is going to get drafted ahead of Samuel, and I totally get that. But I don't know if he's five rounds better, four rounds better. No, probably. yeah, I, I totally agree. I had the same answer for, for Chris's question, and it's not because I don't like DJ Moore. I do. I just think that you know if you're talking about the value for the Panthers receivers, the value is easily with Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Chris asked us these questions. Which sleeper do you want? Or breakout do you want? Which breakout are you avoiding? So just just to recap, all the research you're doing for the show while you're not watching our show, you're taking information from somebody else who's doing all the work for you? No. Uh, Marlon Mack is the one that <laughs> Most I'm skeptical of. of. Marlon Mack? Well, I just think... Just because I, feel, I yeah. feel like a lot of it is built around his touchdown rate, and it makes me nervous that he doesn't catch the ball, and I worry about his injury history. And similarly, I said Nick Chubb. I'd rather have Chubb than Mac, but Chubb goes earlier than Mac. But I said specifically in PPR, I'm a little worried about Nick Chubb. Just he was on pace when he became the starter after the high trade. Nick Chubb was on pace for 32 catches, and we've already given all the stats about the 50 catch running backs and whatnot. There were 16 50 catch running backs last year, so he was on pace for 32. I think the PPR upside is a little bit limited for Nick Chubb to be a second round pick. Who catches more passes, Nick Chubb or Leonard Fournette? Both play 16 games. Fournette. Fournette. Fournette if both play 16 games. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. All right. Those are three fun questions. We got some news and notes. We're going to jinx my uh, jinx some rivals uh, from Jamie's suggestion yesterday. And then, yeah, we'll get to the emails as soon as we can. Stick around. Quick break here on Fantasy Football Today. We'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. So before the news and notes that everybody wants to hear about, actually some very important stuff. I'm nervous. Jamie says he has a story that he heard about me that he would like to relay. 
I have absolutely no idea what it's about. It's probably not going to be flattering. Okay, Forerunner, here we go. Uh, no relation to the Forerunner, but it does involve your manhood. Um, oh, great. Keith, you're probably the most manly of certainly the three of us in this room. And, and I'm, and I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm, now I feel uncomfortable. But okay. The four of us, uh, the four of us on, on the show. We'll factor in Ben, too. I'm going to guess you're probably the, the most manly. I, I have the most... Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, were you going to say chest hair? Yeah, were you? Chest I chest think hair? I definitely have more chest hair than Adam. You uh, might have more chest hair than everybody in the company. I, I, um, yeah. You own, you own tools, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dave, you probably own some tools, right? Of course. Okay. Oh, I, gosh. I, I, I do as well. So uh, I heard a story from uh, one of our engineers here. Oh, God. That... <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. He's got the whole face palm thing going. Oh, that uh, Adam was asked to uh, take apart a piece of equipment. And uh, Keith, uh, the engineer uh, in, in, in particular here, said, Adam, uh, why don't you just get a pair of pliers and, you know, un- undo the, the, the whatever he was trying to, to take apart. I don't know exactly what it was. Microphone, I think. Microphone stand. Yeah, it was a mic stand. Mic stand. And Adam goes, um, I, I don't. Did you say I don't know what a, pl- a pliers no, are? I, no, of course I didn't say that. you don't own that. a pair of pliers. I don't own a pair of pliers. I don't think I might, but I don't know <laughs> if I do. Uh, but and then, yes. then he was able to take the thing apart, apparently. Yeah. And he replied back to Keith that I'm the strongest man in the world. <laughs> I, am the strongest, <laughs> I am the strongest man alive. I got it with my bare hands. I took the uh-huh. bike stand apart. But that's not even the funniest part of the story. There was a microphone attached to a mic stand that was sent to me like four years ago. Uh, I thought the mic was attached to the entire stand. And I'm trying to tell Keith that he's like, basically, no, you idiot. The stand is at the very bottom. Just unscrew the other part of the mic. It's kind of hard to explain. It was a really dumb moment in my, my life. I, there's no question. about So, it. so I'm like walking through the office and Keith goes, Hey, uh, do you want a pair of pliers? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Who doesn't? He goes, well, your buddy Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I might, but I've never used them except to trim my eyebrows. Okay, news and notes. Yeah, you definitely don't know what pliers are. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I'm, I'm going to Google image it right now. I was just trying to take a shot of myself. Pliers. I didn't know how to spell them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what they are. I know what they are. I got that. Adrian Peterson is in deep debt, according to his lawyer. Uh, well, he'll be motivated this year, but that was a pretty surprising revelation. He will be playing until he's 60, joining Frank Gore. Apparently. Melvin Gordon will not report to training camp. We know that. But Duke Johnson did report for the start of training camp. And then we got the, these interesting reports. Mark Cook of Pewter Report thinks that the Bucks running back job is Peyton Barber's to lose. And Matt Barrows of The Athletic expects Tevin Coleman to be San Francisco's lead running back in a you know speculative piece, uh, so let's talk about those two things. A good news item for Peyton Barber and for Tevin Coleman. What any reaction to that? I mean, uh, the Coleman one is kind of obvious. I think just yeah. based on what we've known for the last you know at least couple months with McKinnon still slow with his recovery. We'll find out if he's on the pup list, and Brita dealing with the torn pectoral muscle. But you know Coleman with his relationship with Kyle Shanahan and you know being the most productive of this trio in his career. Uh, you know, I think that's the obvious one. Uh, Barber, you know, the the sentiment and, and some of the things we've been hearing out of Tampa Bay this offseason was Ronald Jones seemed to be, you know, trending in the right direction. But it's it's almost like Peyton Barber has to do something 
really, really bad to lose the job at this point. You know, as 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 pedestrian as he may be, uh, it just seems like Ronald Jones is still that far behind. And, you know, who knows what we're going to see from Bruce Anderson, uh, as we talked about on Fantasy Football today on mm, CBS I, I Sports remember. HQ. It was great. Um, you know, I, I, I said I hope that Bruce Anderson for Heath's, uh, not that he doesn't, We'll, we'll lose any credibility if Bruce Anderson doesn't do well, but that would be a nice. I put feather. it all on the line. My it'd entire be, reputation on it'd Bruce be a nice, Anderson. nice feather in your cap if Bruce Anderson comes out of this as the best guy in Tampa Bay. Okay, and then AtlantaFalcons.com expects rookie Kadri Olison to help in short yardage situations. Do you think that? Do you think that Kadri Olison is going to be the handcuff, the better guy to have if you own Devontae Freeman? Is it Olison or Olison? Olison. Hmm. Hmm. I I don't. No, if that's the case, but I think it's, you know, making it more, we're, we're starting to get more and more indication. I don't think that Edo Smith is the Tevin Coleman guy. There was a puff piece about Edo written in the Atlanta journal constitution. The, the writer of the article, it wasn't uh Ledbetter, said he's, he's earned the coach's confidence after averaging 3.5 yards per carry last <laughs> season. And that just sounded really funny, but uh, for what it's worth, the story and, and the coaching staff seem to really make it sound like Ito is entering camp as the number two guy. Allison's a good pass protector. He's a physical runner. He he could end up usurping Ito Smith. Ito was a better pass catcher last year. Um, it's obviously one to watch because, you know, Devontae Freeman, not a lock to play 16. Yeah. Julio Jones, meanwhile, 10 to 14 days away from being fully cleared to practice following foot surgery. That sucks. Are we downgrading Julio Jones? No, no, there's no reason to. Two weeks from now is the first full week of August. Uh, as long as he plays in a preseason game, as long as he's practicing two weeks before the season starts, I'd say that he'll be fine. Jaguars wide receiver Marquise Lee is on the active pup list. It's good news for Didi. But it's not a surprise, right? No. No, there's some talk that he may not be ready for week one. Geronimo Allison said he'll play primarily out of the slot. Also, not a surprise. Pittsburgh Steelers reporter for ESPN, Jeremy Fowler, former friend of the program, or CBSer, expects a monster season from Vance McDonald. We have an email about Vance McDonald. Should I read it now? On the mailbag show? I don't see a good reason not to. Why don't you guys tell me how you feel about Vance McDonald as I... Oh, I think I found it. Um... Why is Vance McDonald not getting more love? I am torn between going for Howard Hunter, Evan Ingram in the fifth or sixth rounds or waiting until the eighth or ninth round and grabbing Vance McDonald. He thinks we should be higher, except for Dave, who has him as tight end nine. We should be higher on Vance. And uh, this would be Drew from Philadelphia, by the way. I, I think I'm the low guy on Vance McDonald. So, well, no, James, you had him. You should give the. Am I supposed to be the who's, name? Who's the highest? Do you want negativity lowest? or positivity here? Because right. we have both. Let's you know. Let's I mean, start I, I've I've been negativity. talking about him since you know January after you know all this stuff started to happen with the Steelers that uh, you know it's one of those situations where there's an opportunity you know he's coming off a career season catches yards, um, targets and he tied his career high in, in touchdowns. It's just a matter of you know there's 207 targets available in this offense and while Juju may get a bump you know he may just stay where he is which is great. Um, it's who's going to help replace Antonio Brown. And, you know, once upon a time, Ben Roethlisberger leaned on his tight end quite a bit when it was Heath Miller. You know, he really hasn't found that guy yet. Um, I don't know if McDonald's that guy, but, you know, there, there's really, there's this, the six tight ends that everybody's going to rush to get. Then there's the two bridge guys, I think, of, of Jared Cook and Eric Ebron. And then it's throw darts. You know, and, and I think if you're just throwing darts, you're, you're throwing it at opportunity. And, you know, 
it, I'm surprised that you, Heath, are the, the low guy on McDonald's simply because you like Roethlisberger. Right. And it's it's just, you know, the 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 targets available. If Ben's going to stay at the volume that he's at, I don't see how McDonald doesn't get not a significant bump. There could be a significant bump, but a bump enough to put him in that range of top 10 tight ends. I think he could be in that range. I have been um, a Vance McDonald supporter in the past. I just like when I compare him to Jordan Reed, he's not quite as injury prone. He's played eight more games in his career than Reed has. He's never seen the upside that Reed has. And I don't think he has the target upside that Reed has this season. Like I, I think he'll get more targets. I haven't projected for more targets than he got last year. I think I've got him 12th. Like there's not a huge difference. Oh, I thought him. you were lower. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I, I may have him like 13th or 14th in, in one format and 12th mm-hmm. in the other. Um, but his ADP is eighth or ninth, depending on the site. No. Well, on, on NFFC. Yeah. Um. So on Fantasy Football Calculator, I think it's probably like lower. 13th. Yeah. So it depends on the source you're looking at. But um, I just like. That's probably where a lot of mine comes from, comparing him to Jordan Reed. He's had more than 400 yards receiving in a season once. He's never had more than four touchdowns in a season. So why do I have him ninth? Because of the potential opportunity and because he's just at the front of the line of streaming tight ends that you'll feel okay about to begin the year. He's got the Patriots in week one. He's got the Seahawks in week two. I don't think that defense is going to be as good as it used to be. And he's got the 49ers in week three. So he might get you off to a halfway decent start at tight end. McDonald. Yeah, Vance McDonald here is who we're yeah. talking about. And just looking right now at Heath Miller's stats, Heath Miller's best season was 2012, 816 yards and eight touchdowns. 2012 was the last year before Antonio Brown became the best receiver in football, basically. Heath Miller had one other season within, uh, no, before, before 2009, uh, where he had 789 yards and six touchdowns. But again, his best season was just before the amazing Antonio Brown stretch. Uh, so I don't know that that means much, but it means something. <laughs> I, I was incorrect. Uh, McDonald on Fantasy Football Calculator is the ninth tight end. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so thank you for the email, Drew. And moving on, uh, the Patriots signed Lance Kendricks as Ben oh, Watson. Oh, well, now we have a new top ten. Yeah, right. right. We don't care, right? Nope. No. Okay. Ben Watson has a four-game suspension. Green Bay released Mike Daniels, and you might be surprised to know this is what I was looking up for the entire hour of fantasy football today. Um, They actually improved their run defense without Mike Daniels last season. Running backs averaged 3.74 yards per carry in six games without Daniels. Before I don't know what it was before that, but for the season, it was 4.33. So it it was maybe up to a yard per carry higher. With Daniels, that's got to be coincidental, but it's interesting. Atlanta signed defensive end Alan Bailey to a two-year $10.5 million deal. We're going to the Super Bowl. And a quick shout-out to the Relentless League. Jamie asked you to uh, send in your jinx my rivals for me to say. So from a guy named Adam, wants me to jinx the Vikings. So I'm supposed to say this. I saw Kirk Cousins at Vikings camp, and I must say, I like that. (laughs) And Bobby from Cleveland says, I'll be 38 shortly after the football season begins this year and have been a lifetime Cleveland Browns fan. I would love to see one of my division rivals lose their longtime head coach. I would like to see another division rival lose their head of personnel that has kept them relevant since they left my city. And I'd like to see my other rivals 
lose the league's number one receiver and running back. Even though the football gods have already granted these three wishes on paper, we finally have a team to truly be excited about. Would it be greedy of me to ask to be a participant in one of your podcast leagues? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right now it is, but congratulations. We have all successfully Was that jinxed- in the section called Jinx My Rivals? Yes. Was he asking you to jinx his rivals? Well, he's already he's saying it already has happened. So yes. it, it started. You weren't here yesterday. So how he already jinxed the Falcons? They lost right. their safety to a torn yes. ACL or one of their backup safeties. Um, I, so I said, Adam, it, you know, one of the podcast league entries should be whoever gives us the best jinx their rival. You know, essentially, like yeah. have and, and that doesn't necessarily mean Adam has to read them as if he's jinxing their rival. But how would they like their team to be jinxed? By the way, Titans left tackle Taylor Taylor Luan has a four game suspension. What do you think, Jamie? Uh, tough, tough loss for that Titans offensive line. Bad news for Derrick Henry. He it passed stinks. a polygraph test, and they he didn't did. care. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't think polygraph tests are accepted as uh, science anymore. No, I don't think so. All right, here's an email from Larry. Where's Larry from? Boston, Massachusetts. James Conner versus Dalvin Cook. I am the ever optimist. So if all things go right, which of the two is the most consistent? Which of the two has the highest ceiling and who has the highest potential year-over-year dynasty terms here? James Conner versus Dalvin Cook. Uh, Conner. Yeah. The only one I might answer Cook to is who has the highest ceiling. I think Dalvin Cook's more talented than James Conner. Sure. If If everything went right, I think he has the highest ceiling. And I know that James Conner just had one big year and everyone's saying, well, he just had the one year. We've seen two years of Dalvin Cook. We know what the downside of that clearly is. Is the upside that much better than what we saw from James Conner last year? The upside as a player, yes. The upside of situation, no. Right. Well, that's what counts in fantasy, unfortunately. Well, I I think I'm very interested to see what happens with uh, James Conner's receiving numbers. And if Jalen Samuels is really going to take away a big chunk of the chunk of that because James Conner had like eight games with 60 or fewer rushing yards, something crazy like that. He was saved by his receiving totals in, in several games. And he's also saved by playing the Browns. Well, the Browns are going to be good. No, I'm saying last year he was saved by playing. the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He beat up on some tough competition. He rushed for, he, sorry, he rushed for 65 or fewer yards in eight of 13 games. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would not be the least bit surprised if we liked Dalvin Cook better than Connor in 2020. I don't think anybody would. Oh, if he plays 16 games and does what he was on pace for as a rookie, he should be better than James Connor. Okay, this is from No Name, Dave, or City? Uh, this one is going to be from Margaret in Miles City, Montana. Dear Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Keith, the industry is too low on Calvin Ridley. Put him under a microscope. The Falcons' offense used to have two receivers when it was Roddy White and Julio Jones, and they both did fine. Also, I know it's a different coaching regime, but Matt Ryan can produce two receivers at a high level. You guys have missed the fact that Ridley was a first-round pick. Um, When the Falcons didn't need another receiver, he played at one of the most premier colleges, and he was an all-star recruit right out of high school. I will forgive you guys if you suggest a good way for me and my friends to select our draft order. Go to Calvin Ridley's house. Show up with a hat with all the names in it. Let him pick it out of hat. Okay. Yeah, trespass I mean, on his Rid- property. Ridley's, Ridley's great. He's he's got the chance to you know start. He start. He's at the start of what could be a great career. It's just a matter of will the targets and catches go up to match the touchdowns, and will the touchdowns stay in double digits? 
And I, I listen, I'm a huge fan of Calvin Ridley. I don't think the touchdowns are going to stay in double digits. Right. But if he, but he can make up for it if, if he he's become, got 120 you know, targets. Sure. It's can he get to that 75 to 80 catch threshold? Can he go over a thousand yards? Can he stay at eight plus touchdowns? I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to expect that with the team that forget about what you think about the running backs. We've spent what feels like a week talking to Pete Prisco drink who spent the last two days in flowery branch, Georgia and has done a million hits on CBS sports HQ that Adam has missed. Um, but he, uh, he's told us, you know, a number of times, you know, what the, Falcons want to do, which is run the ball more. And so can all of their receivers, and I know it's easy to dismiss Muhammad Sanu, but he's still going to get his targets in his production, and Austin Hooper, can all these guys be as productive as they were a year ago if the commitment is there to running the ball? And I think that's hard to expect for all those guys to be better. And if they're not all better, who loses? I have a scary Sanu. answer for who loses. No, it's Julio if you're going to be it's Julio. You know, say scary. Right. Yeah, I... I think Calvin Ridley can be a top 20 wide receiver this year. But going back, and that's like best case scenario, he's probably a, a 21, 22, somewhere in that range. And if you go back and look, at, he referenced Tulio and Roddy. There was one year where they were both top 12. There were two years where one of them was top five and the other one ranked 21st or 22nd. So I do think it's a similar situation. But I don't – it's difficult – like Julio would have to lose and not be top five. He'd have to be like tenth or eleventh for Ridley to be much better than twentieth. But like, wouldn't, who, you, wouldn't you have said the exact same thing about Juju Smith-Schuster a year ago? I mean, th- this—if there's one guy that could be—I don't think this, they're throwing six hundred and eighty passes. Uh, they, well, they don't want to. No, I mean, you know, right, again, they, they could have because Adam jinxed them. They <laughs> could have a multitude of injuries again defensively. They could have. Freeman go down and then Smith and Olison, right? Olison um, are not anywhere close to being some guys that they trust to the level that they trusted Tevin Coleman. You know, so it it, it could lend itself to okay, it's got to be Matt Ryan again, and it's got to carry this offense again, and so it it could happen. But well, you know, I I think if if that does, Dan Quinn's probably fired because I don't think they're going to be a, a successful team if all those guys are hurt and it's you know having to throw the ball all over the place. Okay, so I think it's a juggling act between trying to figure out how they're going to produce this much offense, passing offense, when we know they want to run the ball more. And then, to me, the tough thing is is what our emailer said. Uh, Margaret, was it? it? This guy, like, let's not miss out on the possibility that this is a superstar. I mean, he was one of the highest-touted recruits in the country. He was an amazing college player. He's got major big playability. In college, he had five touchdowns in his junior season at Alabama. Three of them were 53 yards or longer. And he showed that as a rookie in 2018. It was a first-round pick. So playing like on a fast track in a good offense. So I guess I, that's, the, I guess that's the, the dilemma that you have to weigh. Sure, but I guess our answer, maybe collectively, is where do we draw the line in terms of pushing the the ceiling here because we all have him ranked as a number two receiver you know maybe it's a couple spots off for each of us but you know he's right around 20 somewhere 20 to 24 it's hard to justify taking him in the third round which is where typically the top 20 receivers go you know i think fourth round is the early time to consider him he's in that four to six range depending on format i mean he's he's very good but I, maybe we just 
maybe we agree with them. The expe- the expert consensus ranking on Fantasy Pros is 25th. We've all got him a couple spots ahead. Right. Of that, right? You know, I, <laughs> I don't think I don't no, think we we're, we're 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 down on him. We're not, but you say he's at industry, right? He said the industry is too low on Calvin Ridley. All right, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Right. This is maybe it's five spots. You know, again, I think twenty is. It's just a matter of where you yeah. feel comfortable taking a guy that may not be consistent from week to week, but will has. How is he different from Brandon Cooks? Oh, answer that question. If you think Brandon Cooks is just safer because he's not, got the better track record, not, you're going to take Cooks. We're not allowed to answer that question. He's, I mean, he's different than Cooks because the track record. No, moving on. Aram from San Francisco by way of New England. Hey, Murdoch, Face, Hannibal, B.A. Baracus, Baracus, I don't know, and Adam. Do you know that, Adam? I do know the A-team. I also know Baracus is the bad guy, I think, from Best of the Best 2 with Wayne Newton. That's a reference for Has anybody seen Best of the Best 1? No. Really? With uh, James Earl Jones? It's It's a karate movie. Okay. Is it good? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not. Why are you? Who are you targeting at wide receiver in the sixth and seventh rounds, respectively, in best ball, twelve-team uh, half PPR? Sixth, seventh rounds wide receivers. If Robbie Anderson slips there, I'm a happy guy. He usually does not, but on occasion he'll be there. When he's not there, I'll go after Dante Pettis. I'll go after Christian Kirk. Uh, Will Fuller is a great best ball. guy. Yeah, for best ball, he's really good. He's, I'm trying to pull up the ADP. Well, hurry up, Heath. Uh, Come on. Robbie Anderson is the uh, is definitely a seventh round pick. Um, I'll take him. I'll just go through the sixth and seventh round. Do I have time to do that, Adam? Is that okay? Yeah. Tyler Boyd. Your show. Beginning of the sixth. Love that. Mm-hmm. Alshon, no thanks. Sammy, no thanks. Allen Robinson, no thanks. Jarvis Landry, no thanks. Pettis, seventy two. I like that a lot. Uh, yes. Now, Heath, when you're saying no thanks, are you saying it from a Best ball standpoint or a seasonal redraft? I do not want to take those guys at that point in the draft in any format. All right. I thought you like Watkins in that range. I like him maybe a little late. Okay. Watkins is fine. I almost wonder, though, if Watkins, just with the the way that the wording of the suspension, non-suspension statement was, like if they decide to, for best ball specifically with Tyreek Hill, if they do decide to maybe change something, if something comes out that the best ball is fine. Like for 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 that format specifically. But is that a good enough reason to move Watkins up? No, but in this range. Well, and, and I, I think he's probably still going this range because the ADP is still somewhat reflective of what happened prior this to is, weeks ago. Yeah, this is for July, so right. it's um, part of the reason I was saying no thanks is because of the names I'm going to say next though. Right. Pettis at seventy two, yes. Kirk at seventy seven, yes. Yes. Uh, Will Fuller is eighty three. Yes. He's a good best ball play. I think Corey Davis could be a good best ball play. I draft a lot of D.D. Westbrook. Where's Tyler Lockett in there? Is he oh, well, he's higher? It? He's way higher. Yeah. Okay. Because especially in best ball, um, he's 54th, so fifth round. I think that's probably too low. I think it's too low, too. He's a round four pick. Okay, cool. So that's, uh, that is a good question from Aram. Thank you. We are the A-team, except apparently I'm not in that. Uh, here's an email from— You love it when a plan comes together? Is that what they say? Maybe. I bet that show's terrible. I, I pity the fool who don't have plot. You bet what? that show's terrible. I bet oh if you watch God. it now, I bet if you watch it now that it doesn't No, no I bet it still holds yeah. up. All right. There are like three or four shows from my childhood, and they're all still awesome. If you like Stranger Things, things if you like awesome. Stranger Things, you will like oh. the A-Team. Yeah, they, they're, they're a lot very common. similar. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, no name on this one, Dave. Let's go with Frank. From Visalia, California. A-team and Game of Thrones, like hand-in-hand. 
Dear Dante, Randy, Chris, and Jake. Vikings. Mm-hmm. Jake Reed. I'm in a 10-team dynasty league. What do you think about the friendship strategy of drafting Hakeem Butler and Andy Isabella? He, by the way, doing, he also has first order. He also has Christian Kirk. I like that. Are those Kirk are, and Isabella? Well, are, no. Are those he already has Kirk. Oh. You know, dynasty. Um, I mean, look, I, I still think there's a lot for Hakeem Butler to accomplish. But if you're thinking of this year plus potential long term, it could be Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson. Right. If you're going to pair up Cardinals receivers, the nice I think thing that's is the way to go. If you want to do that, Keyshawn's going to be available in the fourth round. Right. It's kind so, of interesting though because where Butler's falling. It's a good it's a good question and it's a good strategy because in a dynasty league, if you take a wide receiver in the second round and the third round and the second round and the fourth round and one of them hits, I think you're gonna be happy. So dedicating both of them, you know, putting them on the same NFL team, the friendship strategy there, I actually I think that's pretty cool. I like it. Right now the ADP for those guys, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, Isabella is still going Butler's still going in the top twenty. Butler's at 20, Isabella's 21, and Johnson, comma, Keyshawn, is not registering an ADP with them, which only goes through 42 players. Okay. All right, let's take a quick break here on Fantasy Football Today. More emails, the Fantasy Regulators, when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to regulate. You've got commissioner questions. Send them in with... Fantasy football today, or fantasy fantasy regulators football in the subject line. Okay, here we go from Brian in Colorado Springs. Dear Devante, Equinemius, Marquez, and Aaron. Uh, looking for a little regulators help. Oh, yeah. I'm in a dynasty league going into year five. It's a fun league. No money involved. We were conducting our rookie draft recently, and since league members are from all over the globe... We conduct it using the message board. Then, then when the draft is over, the commissioner updates the rosters. At one point during the draft, one league member posted that he was dropping Emmanuel Sanders. About an hour later, the post was deleted, and in its place was a post involving that Sanders owner and another manager agreeing to, tr- to a trade that included Emmanuel Sanders. A few of us questioned this since we saw earlier that Sanders was dropped. Like I said, it's a fun league, so no need to get too upset over it. But it seems to me that posting it on the message board is equal to hitting the drop player button during the season, in which case you wouldn't be able to go back and trade him. Regulate. So he didn't drop him. He just said he was going to drop him. Yeah, correct, because the commissioner has to do all that. Well within his rights to trade him. Yeah, but, there's, there's, no, there's no controversy here. Not even sure this was worthy of no, I disagree. being in the regulator <laughs> segment. Uh, no, I you don't get to do it. That it's definitely fine for this guy to trade the player. It's not the same. I I I text Adam and say, hey, you think you'd trade this guy? No, for this but pick? that's not yeah. how that's not how our league works. It. 
That's not how our league works. This league makes all their draft picks on the message board. Dropping a player is not a draft pick. But he said it on the message board. He said, I'm dropping Emmanuel Sanders. So? It's not an official transaction. Uh. But (laughs) they do their draft through the message board. Right. Okay, so it sounds like there's a lot of official league business done on the message board. Exactly. The draft is happening there. Nowhere in the email does it say we do our drops through the message board. All right, I'm fine with it. I, I think it's a little more complicated than you're making it, but fine. That's how well, we do it. Why are they doing a draft through the message board? That's the I'm doing one craziest too. part. I'm, I'm doing the same exact thing uh, because people why? are all over why? the globe. So, so they post we have it. draft rooms. They, they're not playing on CBS. So I know. They're playing on tapatalk.com? Okay, here we go. Next it's a one. Site. Is it? Chris. Yeah. Wants us to regulate a waiver wire dilemma. Now, this is not the strongest regulators one. I'm going to tell you that, but it's a question we get. Um, I've been in the in-laws league for a while. It's a family league. The two biggest problems in the league has been under-the-cover trades to spouses and the waiver wire. And uh, what is the best waiver wire option? Bad teams complain about the rolling waivers, and the top teams complain about being punished for being good in waivers being done by standings. Please tell my league why Fab is the best and fairest option. It's a 14-team league. You already know why Fab is the best option. You've got the money, quote-unquote, to spend on the players you want and the managers who want a player the most. The manager who wants a player the most has to spend up for them using your Fab dollars. Mm-hmm. And it is completely it, that's the fair. most fair way to do it. Completely it's not rewarding fair. the bad teams. Everybody gets a shot at every player, and you get to prioritize your spending over the course of the league. And fiscal responsibility is celebrated or punished, and it's fantastic. <laughs> Just make sure you do zero dollar bids. Yes, for sure. And the other thing is, if you can't convince them to do fab, don't reset it every week. I hate. Don't, that. don't reset waivers every week. Yes. Yeah, we play in a baseball league where Heath keeps getting great players because of the commission. Because I'm so bad. <laughs> I, All right, well. And did you, Jordan, did you Jordan Alvarez is having a good week. No, did Jamie, you... don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, no, 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 no. I tried to bring up some of Adam's behavior on the fantasy baseball regulators, and Adam shot me down. Do you know what he did? So every week what he— I did. You did it. Uh, I Well, I really, I didn't do it, but go ahead. You know, every week he— Allows us picks to pick up a player and then says, no. sends an email saying, No, I will defend him on that since we share the team. He does not do anything. There's one time he did that this year. But I'm sorry, go ahead. That's not the story. He usually waits five minutes if he's going to do that. Yes. But he does wait. Um, he's never done it before opening waivers. Anyway, he opened waivers on Monday. And so then last night I see it's like 11 o'clock. I'm like, Why are people making ad drops? I go, Oh, I know why. Adam forgot to turn waivers off. No, so people on. have been adding, adding players. Uh, turn waivers on, excuse me. No, I, yeah, uh, I yes. try. I try on Mondays to turn off waivers in this baseball league so people can make ad drops before the lineup set on Monday, and I'm supposed to turn them off before the first game. I forgot this week. Who was the player that you picked up? Oh, it was Brennan McKay. Yeah, it was Brennan McKay, and just did. It wasn't that you didn't turn waivers on. Waivers were turned off for the entire league. It was just that week Adam didn't send an email to everyone telling them <laughs> that, that was not intentional. <laughs> it's totally that was true. just a mistake. Okay, I, I like. I'm sorry. All right, emails. Back to the emails here. Let's see. Let's see what we got. Oh, I like this one from Dozier. Who is the best Bears running back to own in a PPR league? Dave and Jamie have Montgomery ahead of Cohen. Heath has Cohen uh, eleven RB spots ahead of David Montgomery. Why the disparity in the rankings? I just think Montgomery will be more consistent. I think he's got the best chance to be the lead back for the Bears, and I think he's going to pick up some catches too. 
he's very versatile. He was able to get a bunch of catches at Iowa State, and I, I think the Bears really like him a lot. They've been talking him up ever since he suited up for minicamp. So I, I would expect him to lead the team in touches, not necessarily catches, but I also think he's best suited for the goal line. I think his physicality is just significantly better than Cohen, so I think he'll score more touchdowns too. I have a 43-catch difference between them. And wow. In, it's 73 for Cohen and 30 for Montgomery. And it's just that in the projections that makes up any advantage that Montgomery has because of rushing yards. Okay. You know, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but every time I watch video of David Montgomery, I feel like he's Royce Freeman. He is freaking slow. He ran a 4.6340. I know people are enamored with him because he broke a lot of tackles or missed, yep. made a lot of men miss. Yes. And I did see that as well on the on the highlights. Not like I was sitting there breaking down film. I wouldn't do that because I wouldn't I don't have the credibility to do that. But the, he's he averaged 4.7 yards per carry in college over 3 seasons. That is not good. I'm very uh, I'm a little wary about David Montgomery being as good as as the hype suggests. Right. So as a talent, he's not great. It's it's more about the opportunity that I think he's going to get. And yeah. he there's no question if if he doesn't have an outstanding training camp, then we've all got him ranked too high. But I think he's better running personally. I think he's a better running back than Jordan Howard. Yes. And Jordan Howard's been better than any of us have ranked have him ranked. Hey, Jordan Howard's yeah. had 250 or more carries three straight seasons. So my final thought on this is Mike Davis is a sleeper. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Davis was good last year. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, if, if Montgomery gets 250 carries, I don't care how bad he is because Jordan Howard was the number 20 running back in fantasy last year. Uh, all right, thank you for letting me get into that. Here's an email from Adam, who is back. Jamie, you like this one. Back for fact number two on why the University oh, yeah. of, like of Florida is better than Miami. We have our own stadium that can pack 83,000-plus fans. Miami shares a stadium with the Dolphins and has trouble filling out its lousy 65,000-seat capacity. All right. I mean, that is a good point. You also have a much, much bigger school and, and an alumni base that like lives within driving distance. So, is that another fact for why they're better? <laughs> no, it's a fact of why they have better attendance. Miami actually ranks very high among private schools, if that matters to you. Is that another fact for why Florida's better? No. <laughs> There's a bet involved here in this email, too, that you're going to like. But here's the crux of the email, the fantasy relevant. Uh, I love this first sentence. I follow Heath's draft strategy and take the best available player. Heath does have draft strategy, by the way. He refuses to admit it, but he has draft strategies. I have I, strategies. They just aren't positional strategies. I found And my, you apply them they are, during the draft, Yes, right? they you are You don't go positional. into your draft with them. You don't realize it, but they are positional. No. Uh Seriously. I, I found myself with the first pick in a PPR league, and um, I did not take my first wide receiver until round six. So he wants to know about this team. Barkley, Gurley, Fournette, O.J. Howard in round four. Patrick Mahomes. So he has Mahomes, Howard, and Barkley, Gurley, and Fournette. His wide receivers that he took in round six, seven, eight, and nine. Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, Tyler Boyd, and Dante Pettis. That's amazing. Love you, it, right? You won. You win. And I don't even think it's relying on on too much crazy value. Maybe Tyler Boyd in round eight, but it's a pretty realistic team. 
So well, flip out, uh, Mahomes put or Boyd or ahead of Robinson and bump those guys down. Well, if you well, t- Pettis isn't around, if you'd have taken Boyd in the sixth, Pettis, Pettis in the, that's what it says. Oh. I don't. Uh, you can put Boyd and Pettis ahead of Robinson and Jeffrey. You, Maybe you won't that get that on draft sense. day though. That's what's... so. Then you just you throw out Jeffrey and then you put in somebody else. You could put in Curtis Samuel there if you'd like. Yeah, it's not it, it because of I, I think we all like it, um, especially I, I because of it. Boyd and Pettis. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. And, and Howard and Mahomes. And, well, and I, think, Mah- I think it could have been like Boyd, Pettis, Westbrook, and I'd have been really happy with it too. All right. Well, Mahomes went 48th overall, 49th overall. He had the swing picks. So let's say that wasn't Mahomes and it were Deshaun Watson instead. Would you still be as excited? Same. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I wouldn't like it quite as much, but I'd still like it. All right, Adam, care to make a friendly wager on the UFUM game? Here we go. I, I have no problem with this because he has a lot more at stake than I do. If the Gators win by 20 or more points, I get to be on the podcast next summer during one of the slower months for a quick segment. If Miami wins, remember, the Gators have to win by 20 or more. If Miami wins, I will buy a Miami jersey or shirt and wear it to the first UF home game and will post it on the CBS Facebook group and your Twitter account. And he's a season ticket holder for, the, for UF. And if UF wins by less than 20, I would just be happy to know that UF is better once again. Dave, what do you think? That sounds good to me. It's an easy bet to make. <laughs> yeah, let's it. do it. Bet is on. All right, uh, we got a few more emails here to finish the show. This is from Eli uh, from a state near Wisconsin. Let's go with Minnesota. Hey, Charlie, Dennis, Mac, and Frank. No, overrated show. Sorry, everybody's going to hate me. A little overrated. Just listened to your Thursday podcast from last week. I thought the Jimmy Graham hate was pretty real, and I thought I'd try to show Jimmy Graham in a different light. No doubt, Graham was disappointing last year, but I think his current ADP, 151st overall, tight end 17, is good value. He played with a broken thumb, an injured quarterback, and a broken offense. He's now 100%, as is his quarterback, and has a new coach who has specifically said he likes getting tight ends involved, and Graham should be, uh, should be in a much better offense overall. If you look at his splits from his first and second year in Seattle, you'll see his production went way up after gaining some experience there. I doubt he'll be a high-volume guy, but you can't see Aaron Rodgers tossing... But but you can see Aaron Rodgers tossing him eight-plus touchdowns inside the 10. Even with the growth of Geronimo Allison and MBS, if Graham is 100%, I think he absolutely has top 10 upside. When you're talking about a 10th-round pick, I think he's well worth the flyer. And by the way, I think he was a top 10 tight end last year, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, what do you think about that case for a healthier Jimmy Graham in a better offense? Just to underscore the point about Matt LaFleur, last year in Tennessee, the tight ends had 23% of the receptions, and that was without Delaney Walker for 15 and a half games. So that that could tell you something. And I know that we were, I remember talking about Jonu Smith and uh, Ferkser as possible streamers. How do you feel about starting Jimmy Graham against the Chicago Bears or the Minnesota Vikings? No thanks. Okay, well, those are his first two matchups. So are you drafting Jimmy Graham? Those are also his last two matchups. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Are you drafting him to sit on the bench? And if you are, I can probably recommend some other players that you could put ahead of him. So that's why he's not ranked high for me. Adam, did you see Jalen Ramsey's entrance to training camp? (laughs) Yes. Was it like you think it was very awesome or you do not like this fun? Why did you guess? I think you probably don't like this fun. I hated it. Yeah. Why? It was so awesome. So much fun. I didn't like the... I don't like self-promotion, really. Uh, by the way, follow me on Twitter, at Adam Azer. But 
I just thought that uh, you didn't think that was funny that I self-promoted. Like, you there? like your I, self-promotion. I, I laugh. You don't <laughs> okay. like other people's self-promotion. <laughs> no, I don't self-promote. Come on. Because uh, at the end, this what's height, your Twitter? His because, what's, man, the picture? what's your Twitter avatar? Could you vote for us in the podcast awards, please? Is that out right now? Join podcast? our Facebook page. Okay. Okay. Please. Wait, listen. At the end of it, his hype man said something about paying him, and he made it about money, if I recall. Well, so, of course, he drove up in a Brinks truck. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. You know, you, you like you make enough, you make enough money, bro. Very helpful if you Mobile. could leave a five star review on iTunes his, and tell people how much you like our. I'm podcast. not doing that for me. I'm doing that for us. His his self promote his salary is like thirteen million dollars. His fifth year option, and he has to come up talking about money. Absolutely not. That's why I didn't like it. And I think I have every right to be. I wasn't upset by it, but to not be a little turned off by it. Man, you're turning into Tom Coughlin more and more I every was day. Fantastic. <laughs> what was the point of that, Heath? Uh, just for you to give a bad opinion. Okay. <laughs> I haven't done enough of that yet. Here's uh, We read Drew's email about Vance McDonald, which means we have two more emails left. Trevor wants to know what, how we feel about Derrick Henry and has there ever been such a volatile player in fantasy? He came up with Brandon Jacobs, who went from 15 touchdowns in 2008, but nine combined in 2007 and 2009. Dwayne Bowe and Hakeem Nix. And I would throw in Doug Martin. I think Doug Martin's been the most volatile fantasy, at least early in his career. Doug Martin guy. was exactly who I was thinking yeah. about him. Oh, um, good How opinion. about Amari Cooper? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pre-Dallas Amari Cooper. Uh, no. But even, the, you know, the whole thing up and down. I know, but at least he was getting some good targets on a regular basis with Dallas, whereas in Oakland he'd go games without, like, three targets. It sucked. I, I, the thing that I like about... Derrick Henry is he he checks the boxes in terms of 15 touches per game. I think you could see him getting that. He's going to work at the goal line. Those two factors keep him relevant for me. I'm not excited to draft him, but as number two running backs go, I'm okay like settling for him. This Luan suspension hurts him as well too. Okay, who are they replacing him with? Who's the swing tackle there? Well, I think it said Jack Conklin will play right tackle, a uh, left tackle. So I don't know who will. Oh, good. So they're going to move the injured right tackle to left tackle. Yeah, it's just so. That, oh, okay. And then maybe Dennis Kelly will play right tackle if Conklin's moving to left. It's better than most teams would have, but it's still pretty bad. Oh no, I'm I'm sorry. So this update on Roto World says Conklin will be right at right tackle, and then Kelly. Left tackle. Oh, they'll put Kelly. Well, all right, whichever. Yeah. Those two is the tackles. Clearly not as good as having Lawan and Conklin. One, uh, by the way, an important note from Roto World that just came in. Coach Pat Shermer said Daniel Jones has exceeded expectations to this point. All right, one more email. Justin from Chico. I decided to get one keeper question in. Can keep uh, for two more years. Christian McCaffrey in the first round. Carry on Johnson in the fifth round or George Kittle in the 16th? He has the 12th overall pick, so it's half PPR. McCaffrey in the first, carry on in the fifth, or Kittle in the 16th? Kittle. Kittle. Here, Kittle, Kittle. <laughs> Dave? I'm stewing between Kittle and CMC. I think Kittle's got ridiculous value. But McCaffrey at 12th overall isn't bad either and it's not like you can keep them forever i'm gonna go with mccaffrey all right beautiful thank you guys good show we have a we have a draft tomorrow we are doing a draft on the air it's gonna be great super flex 
How great? It's going to be so great. I'm going to... It's going to be better than a fresh pair of pliers, Jamie. Are you sure? Yep. So what exactly, how did you get the mic stand off? I twisted it. They got to go by. <laughs> Bye, everyone. This is not, not fun right now. No, 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 no. no.